Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Acts chapter number 12. Acts chapter number 12, verse number 4. If you're not there yet, uh, you should be. And the Bible says, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaterians of soldiers to keep him. Four quaterians of soldiers is basically four teams of four or 16 soldiers, if you will, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side raised him up saying arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands and the angel said unto him gird thyself and bind on thy sandals and so he did and he saith unto him now you 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 got to start taking notice that this angel has command of things right here i mean you know it's like Mother May, he not even have to ask Mother May. He's just telling him, and he's going, and it's happening, and he's doing whatever the angels require. And he said, "Then cast thy garment about thee and follow me." And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel. He had hard believing all this had happened and taken place, but thought he saw a vision. He thought maybe all this was just a vision. This wasn't reality. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth unto the city which opened to them of his own accord. I've never had that happen. And they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. The angel departed from him. So we have an angelic, awesome presence that comes in a very horrid circumstance of Peter in chains waiting for execution the next day. Gives him many uh, commands and instructions, follows through with it. Doors are opening by himself. Chain, he, I mean, he arises and the chains fall to his feet. And he gets then to this place out in the street and the angel departs from him. And for a little while, I'll entitle it this. I really didn't know what title to go through with but let's just call it simply this tonight when the angel departs it's been there all along the way it's implemented all these things there's been some great things that have happened but what happens when the angel departs amen let's go to the Lord in prayer right now Father I God we, we've come to you again and again and I want to continue to be thankful Continue, Lord, to be appreciative, Lord, of your work and your word. Pray, O oh Lord Jesus, tonight, God, that you're able to enlighten our hearts and minds, God, with your word. Help us today to be sensitive to your spirit. God, we're thankful, Lord, for your presence, God, how you may have dealt or touched or 
God contended with different ones in this place tonight. We will not refute, but we will only accept, God, what the Spirit has done. God, I pray, oh Lord, help us in the next few moments, God, as we convey, Lord, perhaps a very simple concept and idea, but let it be meaningful, God, for those that are gathered here this evening. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. You may be seated tonight. When, when the angel, when the angel departs, I think we'll all agree this evening. <clears throat> we'll see if I can get, I, I'm like the train. I'm looking at the hill. I'm saying, I think I can, I think I can. I've already expended some of my steam. I'm looking back if there's enough coal to go back in the old bucket. <clears throat> many different facets, many different facets in our walk with the Lord. And I think if we take a real quick overview of our lives, that it would, review, it would reveal that there are a lot of different a lot of different peaks, a lot of different valleys in our life along the way. There's a lot of different facets. And although we all undoubtedly have a race to run, as the scripture even oft times speak, speaks about this journey that we walk or run, it, it oft times speaks of it in terms of a race. We all have a race to run. No doubt each race has its own circumstances. Uh, even though if you were to run the same course as you had ran before, it will carry a different set of circumstances and surroundings and environment, perhaps differently than what it was even formerly. And yet, I think that we all face to a certain degree, we all face to a certain degree, similar things in our lives. They may not be exactly the same, but there are threads of similarities between them enough that we can relate to one another at those different levels. And one thing is for sure that Scripture comforts us. Everybody say us. Scripture comforts us with in the New Testament. Scripture is the fact that there is no temptation that has taken us, but such as is common to man so there are uh, some things that arrives on our welcome mat of our front door so to speak that is not anything different than what another man of our same degree or woman of our same degree has experienced this and it's by this that we know that we all face things that are common to someone somewhere they might not reside right within this church or within this community, but there is probably another individual out of the billions of people that's upon this earth that have traveled a very close path uh, with you in certain elements of your life. And one thing is for sure, we all, at, at moments in time, we all have mountains to climb. We all have mountains to climb, and, and each mountain may have its own unique rock formations and its own unique terrain. But one thing is certain and sure, we all are mountain climbers nonetheless. Uh, whether it's big or small, where it's rough or somewhat more smooth, uh, we are mountain climbers none 
the last. And so with that established this evening, we can look throughout the word of God. And the word of God uh, so many times has brought comfort to my own life because I can find at various times circumstances within the pages of this book that I can so identify with that it seems like what I read there is what I'm living or what I read among these pages is something that I have experienced or somebody that I know is experiencing. It is, as uh, James uh, exclaimed to us, it is as though sometimes we're looking into a mirror and we're seeing the reflection of our lives or, or where we have been at some point or where we are heading in our lives. And as we begin to consider this evening uh, the particular passage of Acts chapter number 12 I want us to consider some of the similarities between this story and maybe some places that we have been with God places that we have walked with God our passage mentions to us that James the brother of John has been killed and that seemed to please the people or arouse the people and so instead of just stopping with the death of John or James they thought you know what uh, this is pleasing to the people let's go a little further and they captivated Peter and they took him and they were going to do the same with Peter except that the days of unleavened bread was going to start and that was not permitted during that time frame so they were going to have to wait and we see then that Simon Peter is put in prison and he is awaiting his execution amen now there may not be anybody here that can exactly identify with that and if you can don't raise your hand but uh, I don't suspect that there's anybody here with that particular profile tonight yet despite that difference there's there's enough similarities that we can sense a real message of hope in all of this that can serve us this evening uh, one very interesting point of this passage of scripture is the fact that Peter in this moment of incarceration waiting for his life to be taken for him Peter did not have to make any decisions for himself Peter's in it you're going to be chained here this is going to be where you stay. You're going to be waiting the day and the hour of your execution. And whenever the angel of the Lord comes in, the angel of the Lord is given commands and given instruction. And so uh, some of you would really like the position that Peter was put in, Sister Rhonda Penrod. He did not have to make a decision. The decisions were being made for Peter. And so that there must have been a certain level of comfort with that because the angel of the Lord was making these for him. And it seems like there are times that we reach certain seasons of our life that God operates in that way in our life. Have you ever been in a place in your life with God? It seems like the right doors just open and everything, you know, I just love it when a plan comes together. Everything just happened the way that it needed to happen. You didn't have to decide left or right. God just made it absolutely evident. You walked through that place. You went and did that. You just was following exactly what God wanted. You didn't have to put a fleece before the Lord. You didn't have to gather 10 people together for a prayer meeting to figure out what needed to be done. It was just evident 
meant what must be done, what ought to be done, and all the right doors was opening for Peter. And times in our life, we have been in those places that seemed like everything, amen, right was just happening. It was just clicking. It was just the way that it ought to be. Look at the open passage, if you will, one more time. And I won't hold you real long tonight. I just came to drop a little thought on your lap, amen, here this evening. The Bible says in verse 7, look what happens. The angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. Peter's in prison. He's incarcerated. He's waiting execution. He smote Peter on the side. Look, look at all this instruction. Raise him up saying, arise up quickly, Peter. He didn't have to think about that. He knew what to do. It was given to him. And the Bible says his chains fell off from his hands. Now, it can't get any easier than that. It can't get any easier to have all these chains on you, unable to move or rise or get up, and at the command of the angel, you stand up and they're gone. And the angel said to him, gird yourself. He didn't have to think about that. The angel of the Lord said, bind your sandals on your feet. I mean, if you want a step-by-step process of what you should do, God was giving it through the angel of the Lord. He did not have to have a decision that was made. He told him, he said to him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Now, it does not get much easier than that. And so he went out and he followed him, the scripture said, and he wished not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but he thought, you know what Peter was saying? This seems too easy to be true. Or as the popular statement would be, it's just too good to be true. This just cannot be happening. And they were past the first word. Here we are in prison. Now you're going to have to contend with people and soldiers. I mean, there's, there's 16 soldiers that are around this area and they're already past the first ward. I mean, I think I'd be pulling my belt a little tight, you know, making my suspenders rise a little higher. This, this is all right, you know. Man, this is just, this is just fine. They even are, go to the second ward and everything seems to be okay. There's nothing that is negative taking place. Nobody's pushing him back in a cell. Nobody's putting any cuffs back on his hands. And they come to the iron gate that leadeth to the city. Man, this is, he wanted freedom. He wanted out. We talked about a lot of freedom in our songs tonight. And the Bible says the gate to the city open to them of his own accord nobody had to find a key nobody had to have the code in order to open up the electronic door nobody had to get permission but as they were approaching it and they walk through an open door they walk through an open gate and they pass on they went out they went through the street and immediately the Bible, or forthwith, as the scripture says, the angel departed from him. The angel had brought some unassailable direction. The angel first brought light. The angel told him to arise quickly. The angel told him, or rather the chains went to his feet. The angel told him to gird himself. The angel told him to put on his sandals. The angel told him to put his garment on. The angel told him, follow me, giving him direction. And then the door just opens by itself. And so all of this opens as a situation where Simon did not have to make any decisions at all. He was just alone for the ride. And there have been times, though, it seems like sometimes they've been few. I've had that in my life. There was no question. You just went forward and did whatever it was the Lord was telling you to do. He was just minding his own business there, and the angel is tapping him, 
shaking him, leading him every step of the way until a certain point. Every door is opening until a certain point. All the direction, instruction is there. It's verbal, it's sure, it's steadfast until a certain point. And it's that point I want to talk about here just a little while longer. Because I want you to pay close attention to what the Bible says about this particular point in Acts 12 and 10. The new King James Version says it like this. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them, and that again is amazing, of its own accord. And when they went out, went down one street immediately, everybody say immediately, immediately the angel departed from him. The point's very clear that God has sent an angel of the Lord to deliver Peter. To get him out of this vulnerable spot of possible execution the next morn. To get him out of the line of danger. To get him out of his bondage. To get him out of his shape. That was going to lead him into the city. To freedom. To deliverance. However, listen to me here for a moment. If Peter was ever going to experience total victory. If Peter was ever going to experience total freedom and get to the place where God really wanted him and needed him to be, a complete total restoration of what God had for him, Peter was going to have to walk a few miles on his own. Chains are falling. Every instruction is given of what to do. Doors are opening, but there'll be somewhere in the journey when the angel departs. There'll be somewhere in the journey where the presence will seemingly fade and God is requiring us to walk part of the trip on our own, so to speak. Put part of our effort and our energy in the direction that he has led us thus far in going. Someone say amen. He was, Peter was not all the way to the place where God was going to lead him or where God even wanted him to be. Amen. If he was ever going to experience that, amen, in this whole matter, he was going to have to walk a few miles on his own. You see, at this time, there was a group of people that was in an individual's house. There was a group of people that was praying, that was taking place, that God was really wanting to lead Peter to and so it wasn't just enough for Peter to get out of prison it wasn't just enough for chains to be falling down at Peter's feet it just wasn't enough for their doors to be opening by themselves but in order for him to get where God wanted him to be Peter had to walk whenever there wasn't no direction walk when there wasn't no presence and continue when he did not feel anything did not see anything he just had to continue on
It's not hard to do and go when the angel is saying this is what you should do and this is where you should go. It's not hard to get up and arise when you know the chains are going to fall off you when you do. It's not hard approaching a closed door knowing it will open as you approach it. But there will be other times in your life you'll come to the gate and it's not opening. You'll come to a door and it's not cracking open. The chains are still on you. But you know what you got to do? You got to keep on walking. So we can do all of this with the presence of the angel, but what do we do when the angel departs? The point of the matter is this. The angel of the Lord could lead Peter's life, but he could not live Peter's life. He walked with him a certain distance. He opened many doors, literally. But at a certain point, Peter was left to make the last part of the journey on his own. There's some of our miles in our walk with God that we make with our God. And there's other miles that we walk that we walk by faith. There's some miles that we know what we're supposed to be doing. And there's other miles that we just step out into the unknown believing that God has a purpose and he has a destiny and he has a plan. I would love to be able to tell you that every mile in my life has been at the dictation of the angel saying go here, walk there, the door will open. But quite on the contrary, as far as my life concerning ministry, the walk has been a walk of faith. I... I oftentimes remember back in that year of 2000, 2001, hey amen, the Lord was using us to preach a few little revivals here and there. We had the yearly little West Virginia youth camp that we preached for three years in a row. And I had done decided in my mind, Paul McGee's mind, amen, I told my wife, honey, here's what's going to happen. We are going to get so busy preaching now, we are going to have to quit our job. Sister Sam Dungu, that never happened. We never got so busy that I didn't have time to work. But you know what? I knew through what was happening that the Spirit was leading to a place. And he had opened a few revivals. And he had opened some camp meetings. But in March of 2001, when I entered that place of employment two weeks prior to quitting and I handed in my resignation and my wife did the same with three places to preach on our calendar, I started to walk by faith alone. Amen. And through the process, the rest is history. And you know, six years later, we would come off the road. What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying sometimes in your life, you can't always just depend that the angel's going to speak and the door's going to open and chains are going to fall. God is training you. God is nurturing something inside of you. If he's given you a direction, amen, maybe somewhere along the journey, the angel will depart. But you know what the destiny is. Go on and walk by faith by your...
Peter perhaps would have never made it to the house if he was waiting for another angelic visitation that said go down this street, turn left, go so many feet, turn right, go to the door and the door will open. You know what the great thing? Do you understand something tonight? That whenever he got past the first and second ward, the gate to the city opened by itself. But when he got to the house of John Mark's mother, there was the door of the gate, the Bible says, of their house. It didn't open without him knocking. And so if you're going to cookie cut everything in your experience with God and say, well, it worked like this before and so here I am. It's not happening. It's not opening. Well, I guess this isn't for me. Why don't you take your old naughty fist, lay it to the door, and start some knocking? Because whosoever knocks, God says, I'll answer. Whosoever seeks, God says, you'll find me. Whosoever asks, God says, hey, I'll answer. Ladies and gentlemen, it will not always be an open door policy. Sometimes you've got to walk by faith after even the angel departs. Amen. You just got to do it. That's a little unnerving, Pastor. Yeah, it is. It is. Again, I can only share from my life. Only share from my life. And let me, you know, I don't usually repeat stories over and over, but just for the sake of just another. Speaking about ministry, of course, we was at the boys for a 10-year time and finding everything down there and felt like God was calling us back to this place. I'd put in applications, tried to find places that I could find employment after not had worked for six years. Amen. And that's a long time to be out of work, really, in my estimation of it. It's kind of a long time to be out of work. That's not necessarily smiled upon too much. Amen, amen. And even though they knew maybe I was traveling, that don't matter. But try to get back in the area that you were in before. That just does, just doesn't, just hasn't happened. And I put an application for U.S. surveyor, and I, I was asking about a job opening. They said, "Well, we don't have any 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 openings right now, but we'll keep you in mind." And a day or two prior to us leaving Florida, we were coming back home without jobs. It's not like we secured jobs. Said, "Okay, now we can go back." No, we came back not knowing there would be a job. The door didn't open, but I was standing there knocking. So we're leaving a steady income from down there to come back home to the unknown. And so about a day or two before we left, the lady with that company contacted me and she says, hey, can you come in for an interview? The interview happened to be the Monday after we arrived home. Still though, that is just as wishy-washy as anything. How many times have you ever been to an interview more than once? Or interviewed and didn't get the job? So I packed up my wife, my little over one-year-old daughter, and we make a trip of about 14 hours to come back home to nothing 
we got a little bit of money that the church down there sent us away from. They were good to us, and they sent us away with a little nugget, amen, to carry us for just a little time. But we still had a truck payment. We still had a trailer payment. I still got a trailer payment. Some doors just don't open. And so we come home and I, I go there on that Monday morning. It's in Evansville. I got a dually truck that eats gas like a dinosaur. And you thinking I'm going to commute back and forth an hour to work every day with that. And so there's a problem within itself. But you know, at that point in time, you can't start focusing on all that stuff. You got to get narrow and just focus on one thing at a time. See, I think sometimes some of us are trying to get the answers to all the questions that's past the answer right, past the question right in front of our face. See, we're not moving forward because all the other questions ain't answered yet. Why don't you move to where the question is and take it a question at a time? Take it a door. You know, we're like God. We like to know the end from the beginning. Few and far between the times of my life have I ever known that. And so we went there, and, and I interviewed, and this, this building was just grand. It was about a four-story building, pretty bulky. It looked very fine and polished, and I'm thinking, oh, God, here is a southern Indiana boy walking into a building like this, and I've been out of this thing for six years, and I, I hadn't interviewed but probably once since then, and that was with a company that Brother Mason uh, was working for, and, and they probably broke me in good because there were like six or so of them that day and uh, so on and so forth. So I go in there and interview and, and my interview is not real long, maybe 20, 25 minutes long. And, and, and I don't know how they normally operated around there. But at the conclusion of the interview, I knew that I had the job. Some doors don't open of themselves. But you got to know where God headed you in the direction of. And you got to walk by faith. Someone say amen. Now I'm going on longer than what I should have already because I'm getting too personal story here. This is like, I don't know, is this walking through my history here tonight? <clears throat> so he brought him, brought him to a place. The angel departed from him. Brought him to a place which he no longer, per se, needed his assistance. See, what is proper to God, God will do. But what's proper to man, he requires him to perform. See, God has to let us go our own way so that we can learn how to trust him. And so that we'll learn his voice. And so that we'll learn his ways. Now look, look at the following scriptures of what happens next in verse number 11. Amen. The Bible says, and when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and have delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered this thing, because he, this is still a surreal moment what all has just unfolded and happened and when he came to the house of Mary the mother of John whose surname was Mark there where many were gathered together praying they were praying for Peter and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda and when she knew Peter's voice she opened not the gate a short time before I'm walking toward a gate and uh, man I'm walking through 
I got my belt tighter. My suspenders are tighter. Man, this is, this is God. I come to another gate in my life. It's closed. You know, I could almost see Peter come to the gate of the door of the house and stand there like, okay, big guy. Let's do this. A little time goes by and I don't hear no rustling behind the wall. Knock, 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 knock. There's nothing, there seems to be nothing that is going on here. The damsel came to Harkin named Rhoda. She knew his voice. Look, she don't even talk to him at first. She just comes and listens what's on the other side. And when she recognizes who it is, she goes talk to the others without even giving him recognition. Hey, we're in here and we know you're out there. Have you ever been at a gate like that in your life? That you knocked and it's like it would be nice just to have a little affirmation here that there's something on the back side of this gate. Talk back to me and let me know I'm at the right house. Let me check my address again. That's not... Oh, God. And so she hearkens and, and she knew it was Peter's boy. She opened up the gate for gladness. But ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Amen. And, and they said to her, I know this is a little different tonight. Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. And I don't know how long all this took in order to convince them. And then said they, it is his angel. No, the angel's already departed, folks. It's gone. It's no angel. But Peter continued knocking. The door didn't open, so I'm going to have to knock because I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I don't hear no commotion on the other side convincing me this is where I should be, but I know, I know, I know there's nothing else speaking into my life that you are where you should be at, but I know. But, so I'm going to keep on knocking. There might be someone waiting for a voice that says, yeah, you're right where you're supposed to be. You're doing what you ought to do. Honey, somewhere along the line, you just got to know and keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Let one minute, two years, five months go by. Just keep on knocking. And as he continued knocking, when they had opened the door, they saw him and were astonished. If you'll keep knocking, if you'll still pursue after the angel has departed, the door that was closed when you first approached it, will open it might not be of its own accord but it will be coupled with your faith hey listen there is seemingly nothing supernatural going on here there is no angel leading him there is no angel directing him. There is no one there to open the door. There's no one there to remove the obstacles. But if he's to experience the whole victory that was destined to be his, he's going to have to be willing to walk a few miles on his own and knock on some doors for himself. I'm closing. Stand with me. And we've already walked too many highlights in my life.
And so, in a nutshell tonight, what happened in this story, and I know this may not have been the most evangelistic thing, but I believe there's a lesson to be learned. That what happened in the story is no less than what God is expecting of us in our relationship with Him. At times, you'll get your free out-of-jail card and the angel will lead and guide, but there'll be other places you go that you got to walk, some places that you just know you ought to walk. You're just going to have to knock on some doors that you know are intended for you to knock on without being, per se, a supernatural vision of angels ascend to sin on a ladder that says this is so. I can't tell you, but by and large, the more than not in my life, it has been whenever we walked by faith that I just had that feeling. I just knew there was just something subtle on me. I knew this was what I was supposed to do. I didn't know how the outcome was going to go. I didn't know where every turn the road was, but I knew what I was supposed to do. And so we just ventured out there, and we just did it. And as the angel directed Peter, I was kind of like whenever I was walking by faith after it was all said and done. Wow, I can't believe all this happened. can't believe this took place. There was no angelic visitation. But it was just a purpose and a plan that was imposed upon a child of God that they pursued in the times when his presence seemingly wasn't tangible, couldn't be felt, couldn't be seen. But we knew what we knew was right because God had set us in that direction to begin with. And I hope through all this, something's made sense to you. I hope something's made sense to you. Brother Mason, if you'll come. So don't, don't, don't get used to the fact that because a door opened for you, every door's going to be like that. Okay? There's some doors you're going to have to knock on. Don't, don't, don't get comfortable in the fact, you know, and some people just live in the tenth cloud. You know, God told me this, and God told me that, and God, God woke me up, and God showed me this, and God, and that's great. Man, I'm glad they have spiritual Cheerios for breakfast. But the angel of the Lord didn't come by my bedside and touch me this morning and say, McGee, get up and go to the house of God. I got up in this old ugly flesh and combed my hair and brushed my teeth and put on a suit and I came to church because I know this is the way God directs me. Amen. But please, if you, if you learn or hear anything in this tonight, please do not... Reserve yourself from going forward just because the angels departed. Please don't camp out, pitch your tent on the street as Peter could have done and said, well, this is as far as I'm going until I get any further direction. Hallelujah, glory, amen. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because I sense sometimes we as apostolics are bad about that. We'll go as long as we sense that he has our hand and he's guiding us. Some of us, though, just need to go on walking. After he lets go, if he's got you headed in that direction, keep on walking. Keep on walking. Because in the moments of silence that cause doubts to enter your mind, rest assured, they're talking about on the other side of the door what's on the opposite side of the door. 
When you hear silence, there's conversations going on about you standing at the door. And for them, it was the answer to their prayer. There's some doors you're going to reach in this life. You're going to knock on that no angel took you to. But there's some people, listen to me, through ministries in this church that are yet to be born. There is people on the opposite side of that door that you're the answer to their prayer. Oh, God, let's just bow our heads in this place. Let me just end it, cut it off, tie it up. These altars are open tonight. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.